1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Hello, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast.
1: I'm Matt. This is Liz. We spend the whole episode playing Valentine's Day matchmakers with the likes of Amari Cooper, Phil Rivers, Jameis Winston, the Saints backup QBs,
2: and more. Listen and leave a message. Sure, why not? Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza here with Matthew Harmon. Brett Raiders is here. And wow, we are going to highlight some work of Brett Raiders. But before we do, it's Valentine's Day. Matt, I got to know, are you like a Valentine's Day guy? Are you into hearts and flowers and chocolates? Or are you like, ew, Hallmark holiday?
1: Uh, no, not really. But I think if you're going to do Valentine's Day, you got to do it. You know, be different. Be unique. Oh. Like... Get your partner something, you know, that matters or, or or kind of, you know, vibe off what they want. Like some people want the whole big Valentine's extravagant thing. Some people just want something chill. And I think if you're in a good enough place with the person that you're with, you should be able to come to some sort of understanding and, and you know, you should know what the other person wants. The only thing that you can't do, don't be going to the Rite Aid, and I say this because I just went to the Rite Aid for not this reason, but don't go to the Rite Aid and, uh, you know, see every single uh, cheesy, like, box of chocolates. None of them taste good. The uh, flowers that they got. Come on. Just be different. Be unique if you're going to do the Valentine's Day thing.
2: That's an interesting take. Brett, what's yours on Valentine's Day? This I want to hear.
1: Your
0: boy's recently single. I know. (laughs) I'm doing Nothing. And I love it. I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. I'm, I got my dog this weekend. I split custody of the dog. Me hanging out with the dog. Sad dad Valentine's Day on a Friday this weekend. <laughs> it is on a Friday this week. Daddy's going to go to Vons see what sort of frozen food we got. I'm having a great Valentine's Day. <laughs> at least go to like
1: a Whole Foods and go to the frozen food section. Absolutely no, not. You and I got to keep going, Matt, cuz Liz is dead on the floor right now. Uh the the thing that I I'll tell you what for Valentine's Day this year, uh my be- my childhood best friend is flying into town to stay with us for the weekend, so you clearly see where we're at for the Oh, it's reason. <laughs> no. Have we done that? This nope. is his this is this is his uh this is his last uh hoorah because he's having him and his wife are having a baby in two months. So So
2: he chose to have well then so it is th- gonna be a hoorah, indeed. Perfectly timed. <laughs> well. Wow. Um I will admit it. Like my love language is gift giving. No, I've not read the whole book because I think all you need to know are You the just
0: difficult. got to the part where it says gift giving yeah, can like, be a love language. Like, that right. <laughs>
2: You've never heard of this book, the love language book? Oh, maybe. obviously not. Yeah. That Again, might explain for Valentine's Day for one. So there is a book <laughs> that explains your love, love language. Some of it is time acts of service, gift giving. Mine happens to be gift giving dudes. You should read this book because I am telling you, this is one way to get to better understand your lady. If you care, if you maybe don't next year or today want to spend the day eating stoffers on the sofa with your part-time dog, Regardless, oh, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> getting Prezzies for people. Like, I am, I love it. It makes me very happy. I don't even care what I get back. I just like, that's how I like to show my affection, being very creative with that. So, shout I out Liz's like,
1: gift giving. You're, you're a very good gift. Giver. I am what a was pretty it good last, gifter. last, not this past holiday, but the holiday before that, we did a holiday, oh, yeah
2: Christmas. holiday
1: special situation. Uh, I think five people watched it, but. <laughs> You you were able to uh, help me buy some pretty good gifts for uh, my sister and my mom, especially. Yes, yeah. They're still way into all that stuff. So you're good at that.
2: So I like the opportunity to do that. And I also don't, I don't like stuff. And at this point in my relationship, I appreciate challenging that SOB to, what experience, what are you going to do this year? Top it, baby.
1: That's a good point. Um,
2: Keep the spark alive. I want experience. He's a very good cook. So maybe he'll cook something. Maybe oh, he'll get good. Take out. I don't want to say anything. He's definitely not listening to this one. Um, but maybe he'll like get some kind of takeout that I like if because we're both busy. I don't know. But I definitely I want experience and I want to know you thought about it. And then I appreciate. So I will say what I did this year. He, he and his boys are going to Vegas. And so I got him, they're going to Vegas later this month. And so I got him a gift card to Top Golf because they're staying at the MGM.
0: It's connected. Shout out yeah. to MGM.
2: They're staying at the MGM. So that's his Valentine's Day gift an opportunity for him to hang out and play some golf and or whatever shooting drive and uh drink some beers with his bros cuz it doesn't have to be about me it's about the other person. Anyway, speaking of the other person and all of this love stuff, we're going to play free agency matchmaker in this segment and I will add I know it's we're taking a while to get here. I'm going to on land the plane. Here we go. Um Brett always writes an outline every single episode. Sometimes bullet points, sometimes phrases sometimes not much at all depending on workflow and matt and i sometimes follow it sometimes we don't depending on time of year where we are in the season i am going to read word for word each of brett's intro pieces to these players this copy brett has proclaimed as, yes as his quote. I texted opus.
0: you guys on tuesday i'm yes. writing my opus today. So we're doing I'm... a valentine's day theme for the episode we got a bunch of single soon to be single Football players, we're going to see what happens on this Valentine's Day. I hope you, the audience, enjoy.
2: So this one's for you, Brett, Thank in you. honor of your This is word.
0: my Valentine's gift. What did I to get Brett. you guys?
1: You guys followed the outline? What did I get you? I, I I opened it in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I opened five minutes after it hit the inbox, which is a, by far a world record. Absolutely.
2: That said, Philip Rivers, newly single father of nine, loves bolo ties and long car rides. Matt? Let's discuss where we would like to match him.
1: All right. Well, uh, there's conflicting reports about the interest that Tampa Bay may or might, may not have because of the home he purchased in yes. northern
2: Florida. Let's be thorough. Let's
1: be thorough. It he, is
2: February. Damn it, these people need precise news. Also, can we like, can we talk about the Florida thing though? Like, Florida's a big damn state. You know. Yeah, like, but northern Florida, like, yeah, but is, it's Alabama, basically,
1: I, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's in. This guy's up in the panhandle. That right. is. Quite different than Tampa Bay, Miami, all of these other places that we have a Florida football franchise. Oh,
2: okay, I hear you. Geographically, Florida not a place that I tend to frequent. That being said, (sighs) I
1: was there. I've been there twice in the last month. Twenty twenty vision, babe. (laughs) Um,
2: I think because he was willing to travel from L.A. back down to San Diego, which you know is like a three-hour drive. Yeah, people are thinking that perhaps the proximity to Tampa, even considering the
1: commute is is it's worthwhile. So I'm, no I'm, I'm i problem think you and I are, for his big bus uh, his film his film bus. It's no problem. Right.
2: So I, I think you and I are probably on the same page, but you're right, there are conflicted reports. Um ESPN's Jenna Lane said that the Bucks interest was quote legitimate. Mm-hmm. We've heard from other sources that like this was just sort of like a buzzy, low hanging fruit sort of rumor.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, Bruce Arians has said, uh, I think it was either today, the, some of the quotes are coming out, like, we need to settle our like defensive free agents before we think of the quarterback situation. That at least tell, tells me, like, I think he's definitely open-minded about the quarterback position. I think my, he might consider Philip Rivers. But to me, I think the one that's the fit that stands out the best, I think, is Indianapolis.
2: It's what I had on my list. You want to talk about Frank Reich?
1: Frank Reich, obviously, they've worked together before. Apparently, he's like real, like he's he has a relationship with the uh, current offensive coordinator there whose name is escaping me. Um, Nick something, I think. Yeah, some kind of Nick. But it makes sense, too, because I think the Colts are still trying to figure it out behind center. I think they like Jacoby Brissett enough to give him a short-term extension, but I don't think he— even came close to proving for sure that he can be uh, the guy going forward I think a a situation where Rivers goes out there and finds you know a a competition with Brissett, maybe that makes sense it's just tough for me to imagine like Rivers there's not a in what is by far like the fattest most robust quarterback market that we've seen in a long time theoretically it's gonna be there's not that many like seats to get it's going to be a very like musical chairs type situation i think somebody's going to be left out in the cold wouldn't totally surprise me if it's rivers but of all the fits i think the colts make sense inside his arm strength is definitely waning which is another thing that makes oh, me but a little, you mean
2: because he's in a dome that that would be helpful would help. maybe, given yeah. his declining arm strength yeah
1: Man, it's another reason that i kind of like the tampa bay fit and i don't know about that like they want to throw the ball downfield more than anybody rivers used to be a very good deep passer but i think you can see uh some of those some of those ducks dying in the air back I mean, in 2019.
2: I also think if you're Philip Rivers and you have worked behind a bottom-rated yep. offensive line this is a great point. for the bulk of your career and you are what a uh, 38 years old and you look at the Colts' o-line and actually having protection maybe you're like That's yeah you nice. know what like yeah. I've I've left my family and my nine kids for this long,
1: I'm, a, I'm gonna it, trade it. Uh, one <laughs> more year. <laughs> yeah. One more year. Leave those nine kids home with you know mom with and Tiffany. Probably a bevy of n- nannies. And I whatever. doubt that.
2: I think Tiffany's on it. I mean, no shade to the nannies, but um, or to people who have them. We all gotta do us. But I think Tiffany probably is more hands on than than the average wag. Fair enough. Um, All right, so we're both on board with Rivers. If he's going anywhere, it's to Indy. Not buying the Tampa Bay rumors.
1: No, I mean, I think the Tampa Bay might. I think they'll investigate. It's that's one thing that sniff around. They'll sniff around. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think the just saying that the interest is legit can mean anything. Like that can be that they are interested in at least talking to him, reaching out. The thing it just says to me is like. I don't know if Winston's going to get the... front. We can talk about Winston a little bit later. Don't. Let's not go out of order here. We promised Uh, Brett we were going to do it to a T.
2: So, next up, Amari Cooper is on the market after being the odd person out in a highly publicized sugar daddy situation. (sighs)
1: Very well done here. Very well done.
2: A month ago, um, Stephen Jones proclaimed that Dak. So I'm going to mention this because, like, there's a lot of people to pay. Right. So a month ago, Stephen Jones said that Dak was the team's, quote, QB of the future. So we know he's going to get paid. Side note, when Kimberly Martin, our own Kimberly Martin, sat down with Dak in Miami just, what, 10 days ago now, 11 days ago. Just like
1: 35, 100 days ago. almost two weeks ago now. Almost two weeks
2: ago now. Um, She asked him, and I thought this was an awesome question when you're going to get paid and he was like I don't know <laughs> I mean he said yeah. quote I'm wondering the same thing but that he had confidence in his representation and Jerry Jones and the franchise and the team. So, we know that Dak is the priority. By- Byron Jones also has to get paid, but according to Dallasnews.com, he is the end of the priority list behind Cooper. Yep. Yep. So, it feels like Jerry Jones is going to put a ring on it and get his guy.
1: I think that is probably true but i mean this this is the we were talking about this like a year yeah. ago essentially that Not a year that, ago last year a year i mean a year ago that we were talking we were talking about this like a year ago like a calendar year ago you know what i mean with like, Amari cooper that, that that dallas was going to be in a remember oh, when we were doing That dallas going to yeah. be okay. in a situation <laughs> where we were wondering like how are they going to make this work cuz they had so many problems you know to solve in terms of who's going to get paid. And they made the choice to, they made the choice to to give Zeke the big money, which Mm -hmm. still looks, which looks worse and worse as time goes on. it's telling of a philosophy and a culture. But it's telling of a philosophy and a culture. And they also paid Jalen Smith, which I did think was like, they made him one of the first few guys, which just from a, not again, culture, Dallas, the lore of it, it makes sense. But from a team building perspective, questionable. Now you've got quarterback, your pseudo number one receiver and, your top cornerback, three highly important positions, all get in the market at once, but they're not going to let Dak go. If they can somehow get an extension done with Dak, then I think they throw the tag on Cooper and be done with it. But I, I feel like they're going to end up having to tag Dak.
2: OK, so I think there's some strategy going on here. I'm buying okay. into a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Number one, I think the Jalen the Smith signing was maybe part of the strategy because he did take a discount to play with Dallas and stay with Dallas. And so I think maybe that was the first signing they made, right, of this string. Yeah. And so maybe making an example of him. Also, I talked about, we both talked about Amari Cooper's suspect usage towards the end of the season in postseason, in playoff contending games, right? A little bit suspect. Yes, Cooper set career highs in yards and touchdowns, eight um, on the season, but this is a dude who cannot stay healthy. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't use him in big moments and that Cooper was asked about it and spoke about it to the media. I think there's going to be some manipulation in trying to get him to take less money because who do you really think the Patriots are going to pay you pay top dollar for you who can't stay healthy? I mean, I do think the Patriots would be a great landing spot because if we talked about before Amari Cooper. And this is evidenced in your reception perception data is. A technical phenom, but perhaps not the most amazing athlete. And if Tom Brady were to stay in New England, I don't think we're going to talk about him today, but if Tom Brady were to stay in New England, he needs someone who can pick up his own playbook immediately. Yeah. And so that would be a nice fit in theory. But I don't think New England's going to put up a bunch of money for a player who can't stay healthy or even if they might, Dallas is going to try to argue that he's not going to hit the market and get Michael Thomas money.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I mean, he said I think a year before the season started that he wanted Michael Thomas money. Yep. Well, good luck. You Back don't it up, bro. You don't do anything like Michael Thomas does. And I think they it, it, didn't
2: even use you. They didn't make the playoffs. Well, you weren't important enough
1: then. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be an Amari Cooper season if it wasn't fraught with injury questions and questions about where the hell did he go? Because like talk about reception perception. That's what he does. He has never been. He does have technical flashes of technical dominance, but it's never there over the course of a 16-game season, which is why he doesn't post elite separation numbers because he's not that guy over a 16-game season. People will throw will show you the gifts of him turning around a cornerback every now and again, but it just doesn't... Watch the damn games. It doesn't happen over the course of a 16-game season. That is where we're at with him, and it's where we've always been. But here's the thing, though. If he hits the market, the Patriots might not pay him top money, but... I think the team like the New York Jets would open up mm. open up the the freaking bank to to bring in a receiver like Cooper. I think that a guy like Sam Darnold would actually work really well mm-hmm. with a receiver like Cooper. I mean, he would make every receiving core in the NFL better. And for that reason, Like, even if you have, like I do, I have questions about his play. Like, there's no doubt that he would make any receiver core better. And for that reason, if he hits the open market, he's gone. I don't think he's coming back to Dallas in any situation if he hits that market. And I think even in the team, in the division, if he does have, like, some salty feelings towards the Cowboys, maybe the Eagles pay him money. The Eagles have some cap problems, but he would be a guy that I think fits exactly what they need, like, from a – health questions again kind of notwithstanding Mm -hmm. and they've got plenty of guys with health questions but a guy who can be a full field separator but also a very good vertical threat which is what this offense has missed essentially for the better part of the last two years I think that's another great fit so my point here is just if he hits the market I think he's gone I think enough some some team will want to pay him
2: I like the Jets actually a lot I think that's a pretty that's a very astute landing spot and Strategy and analysis of his situation in particular. I don't think the Jet, I don't think the Eagles are as good of a fit because of the durability and because there are two players who could do what they need at a much lower cost given their cap space. But we will get to them a little bit later. Melvin Gordon is up next. Now he moved to LA for the Stardom, got cast in a few procedurals, didn't quite reach the fame of his peers, like other starlets reaching the back half of their 20s. Should he call it Quicks and Cali?
1: Might be the best one among Brett's uh write-ups here, if you ask me.
2: Well, you spoke to Melly?
1: Yes. Uh Melvin Gordon told me, well, let's say 2 weeks ago <laughs> at the Super Bowl that number 1, I thought one of his number 1 he wants to stay with the Chargers. That was his his first I told, I said, wake up in five months from now, paint me your dream scenario, and his dream scenario was, I've stayed with the Chargers, we've made it work. I thought that's interesting, and I mean, I think at the same time, like, I guess it's not that shocking, because it's never seemed like he wants to leave the Chargers. It just seems like the Chargers don't want to pay him. So... I wouldn't be surprised if he hits the open market, doesn't find anyone. I don't think there I really don't think there's gonna be anyone that's like wants to pay him big money, and he just returns to LA on a pretty team friendly deal. And also I thought this was interesting too. I asked him I always I like to ask running backs this question because I think it's such a like a rhythm based position. I asked him kind of that that theory, Mm -hmm. and I thought this was his interesting response. He said that's definitely true, and that rhythm starts in camp. To be honest with you, so to try to come in midway through the season, you can't get that time back from camp. Those reps, that time in preseason reps—I mean, that all starts in training camp with me. And honestly, you just can't get that back. And I thought that was interesting that he essentially, by saying that to me, was admitting my holdout was kind of a mistake. It screwed me really for the rest of the season. I mean, he finished, statistically finished the season strong in the last eight games of the season, caught over 30 passes, scored seven times, very confident guy. And I think he he definitely believes he's a great running back. He also, you know, was, does not like the narrative that running backs can be replaced easily, which is uncomfortable because, you know, the running back behind him did play quite well. So overall, I think though, he definitely sees that the holdout didn't work in his favor. And I I do wonder if he hits the open market, doesn't find a team willing to pay him, and he comes back to the team that he wants to play for, which is the Chargers.
2: It's interesting because I don't know how—it's interesting that he said that to you, but he hasn't really talked about how he wanted to approach the offseason, which is a adjacent— Issue, right? Like, I want to go back to the team I started with, is a very open ended thing to say. But how he's going to approach the offseason still remains pretty much a, a mystery. I also like that he brought up the rhythmic nature of the position because he didn't go over 50 total yards until week nine. Mm-hmm. He's 26 years old, so still pretty much in his prime, um, despite the knee issues he's had in his past and the amount of wear and tear on those tires. I think, though, that the Falcons are an interesting landing spot. Huh. They're likely to lose. Devonte Freeman, yep. we know that Gordon has a 3 uh 3 down skill set. I think he might be happy to move on, frankly, and he's saying the right thing right now. Um, And kind of that was a great start. I can move to a team that is also in win now mode, Mm -hmm. which the Chargers are rebuilding, restructuring. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. You
2: know, Philip Rivers, we know, is not coming back. Um, Actually, in fact, uh, Melvin Gordon, I watched an interview with him and he predicted that Rivers was going to go to Indianapolis just as we are. Yeah. So I think that the Falcons would be a place for, for for us to watch, and I like that spot a lot for fantasy purposes as well.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I, th- I mean, I think that we could see, depending on, like, if they really do run out Tyrod Taylor in Week One, which you know they're starting that. I, that feels like a very February type headline, but it is kind of creeping out there. Like Anthony Lynn really likes Tyrod Taylor, and if if they don't have a rookie that's ready to start right away, or they don't get one of these veterans. Maybe they're in, like, a very run-heavy offense, obviously with a run-heavy quarterback. Having Gordon and Eckler back there would be interesting. But there's plenty of spots, you know, throughout the league that I think, and the Falcons are a very good one, that, that could easily be a spot that he lands in.
2: Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill found the perfect relationship?
1: I don't think they, I don't think either of these guys go anywhere. Like, it's really, it is, Derek Henry's another one that I uh, talked to um, and he obviously really wants to stay with the Titans. He mm-hmm. really wants to, like, I definitely think he wants to cash in. But I, he, he that's another one that I don't think the team lets either one of these guys away.
2: It's tricky because I don't, I haven't heard anyone talk about the fact that Jack Conklin, their offensive tackle, yep. is also a free agent. And he is, per PFF, the ninth best ranked OT in the league, right? So he should probably have a good get year. So he is likely to get paid. There's a, an inventory among trench players, as it is, right? Um, and when you look at the the Titans, like, that offensive line is something special. Like, it's yeah. it's very much a centerpiece of their offense as a whole. And those dudes, like, go to the Predators games. And and I think locally people... They
1: have po- a Barstool podcast yeah, together.
2: Like, maybe in a, in a national audience, people don't realize it. But locally, regionally, that offensive line is a thing. Like, they're actually celebrities in their in their city, which is not the norm across the league. So I think Jack Conklin's gonna get paid, I I believe the Titans have about sixty million dollars in cap space. Yeah. And also Derek Henry said that, you know, there's that article or that interview that he did where he said that Zeke was the quote floor and Zeke's deal is six years, ninety million with fifty million guaranteed. So if Henry is gonna try to get Zeke's contract That's like, what, 11 mil a year? I mean, who knows what the guaranteed money looks like, because that's sort of always the extra. I don't know how the Titans, I would agree with you. It feels to me like Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill in this postseason surge. And we always remember, I say this all the time, the thing we saw last are going to stay on the team and get paid. But I don't know how the math works out if you pay all three of these guys.
1: Yeah, the um, you mentioned it, the. the the titans have 48 million dollars in cap space that is theoretically enough i think if they tag it just i I, I know derrick henry told me he wants he he wants to get something done before free agency even starts like he doesn't want to even really test the market anything like that i mean he definitely wants to stay in tennessee i I think the the article where he said that like it was was a a little bit misconstrued a little Uh, bit misconstrued i think that the titans will end up giving him a deal that is team friendly it's just it's a tough i mean i don't know how to talk about it without like just being brutal because it's a tough look for running backs right now when you've got like two guys that just got paid it Todd Gurley and David Johnson both it seems like are kind of on the outs with their teams Mm -hmm. Uh, very quickly by the way like these guys were just on top of the league two minutes ago uh the Le'Veon Bell thing was not great for the Jets like the, the Giants took Saquon Barkley second overall. He's already one of the most highest paid backs in the league, and and they they didn't go anywhere. To this is how teams think. Like they they've not gone anywhere. The Cowboys give all this money to Zeke. They missed the playoffs last year, and it's not an their eighteenth squad. Yeah, they're very they're very average, <laughs> and like Derek. I love Derek Henry. He's one of my favorite players in the league. One of my, one of the guys uh, that I re- enjoy talking to the most. But it's just it's a tough look for running backs out there right now. And I don't know what his market would look like at all, which is why again I, I think he probably ends up staying with the Titans, and I think that deal ends up being okay for the team and okay for the player. And I think they tagged Tannehill, and then we'll see what happens with Conklin. That's a guy that you're right to point out could easily move.
2: All right. Really quickly, just a little uh, – let's assume Gordon goes to – let's just say he goes to Atlanta, and Derrick Henry stays in Tennessee. Fantasy purposes, who are you taking first?
1: Oh, Henry a million times over.
2: Despite his usage or lack of usage in the passing game.
1: Yeah. I didn't really matter last year. you know. Like, And I think that it's tough. I don't that, disagree. That, I'm just – that's yeah, the argument, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that might not roll over – Cleanly into 2020, and look, I think they can get him more involved in the passing game. I think that's that Deion, might
2: be something they want to do now, and yeah.
1: especially with like I think one thing that hasn't has gone under discussed in all of this is Deion Lewis very unlikely to be with the team in 2020, and like I, mean, I know he's not making much of an impact in fantasy, but he's at least sucking up reps on passing downs, mm-hmm. and maybe. Part of the deal with Henry is, hey, we'll give you this big money if you evolve a little bit more in this game. And it's something that he is very willing and wants to do and has said that to me on the record since back almost a year ago now.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I just think when people talk about the difference between the two players, they are the first the first thing they say is, well, well Melvin Gordon catches passes.
1: Yeah. And it's it's just like one player has been ultra reliable and like never hurt. And one guy is I mean, he has got plenty of issues in that regard.
2: Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota—these two star-crossed QBs will always be connected to each other because of the 2015 draft. Where should they start their second chapters?
1: Uh, well, I already told you uh, in a video I did a, like a couple of months ago. Now i t- they were going to co-star, be co-starters on the Bears. Stop. <laughs> no, seriously though, uh, Jameis Winston. Let's not forget this other part of it. As, uh, yeah. As we write on the outline, Jameis Winston was blind, but now he can see. My guy. He got LASIK surgery. That's right.
2: That's right. We don't know if the team requested that he got LASIK surgery. And Bruce Arians had talked about him, like, squinting to read the scoreboard. He
1: said, no, he said, let me see if I can find the exact tweet. But I know I know Bruce Arians did not comment on it today because he says he does not comment on players' personal business. This, this whole relationship has gotten very frosty and weird between Arians and Winston. But whatever. I know yesterday I saw a rap sheet put out. That essentially, Winston's like Winston's PR person said, you know, he was going to do whatever he needed to do to improve as a as improve his game and and take this next step. And this was one of the things the guy c- cannot see. Okay, like he's been f-ing squinting on the field since he was in college, right, all the time. How did he not do this like two years ago?
2: I mean, so. On a real level, I have an eye doctor appointment in a week or two, and I am dreading the possibility of needing glasses. So, like, maybe there's just a vanity issue. I don't want to wear glasses. Like, no offense, but like, it's not offense? my, it's not my, it's not my,
0: brain. my boy Von Miller wears contacts. He wears contact lenses. He needs glasses. His whole thing, his old cherry True, is about getting like, glasses. Contact
2: lenses are such a like pain, pain in the ass. The That's pain. why it's I still like, wear the glasses. I like, can't I'm touch not, my eye. If I get diagnosed with having to wear glasses. There's no way I'm wearing. I'll wear those over contacts because it's like I can take them off.
0: Yeah, I mean, just for the three hours, you could you could wear contacts for the three hours bro, of the game,
2: bro. Do you think get, Jameis like Winston it. is someone to hold up as elite decision making?
0: Yeah, no.
1: Personalized, Personalized. if he can see full time life, life, no thirty turnovers,
0: <laughs> like
2: it's nice on the field and off the field, so it's totally likely that he's like, nah, I don't want to wear
1: glasses uh, you know what and the, now we got LASIK. you know what the, <laughs> i mean so i had this conversation with two of our social editors trevor and, and uh zach schwartz yesterday what would be we 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 did set a number but what would be like the number of interceptions that Jameis would have to throw next year to be like like how how few interceptions does he have to throw for it to be like OK, this, like, solved all of his problems. How to me, few? Yeah. To me, if he throws if he throws less than 10, like, single digits, I'm going to be like, that solved everything. He just he couldn't see this whole goddamn time. Oh, I was going to go to 18. <laughs> no, because, but because the thing is, like, 18 was his previous career high before last year. I mean, he did throw he threw 14 and nine starts in 2018. So, I mean, rate wise. But yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's still cutting like half. Yeah, well, so to me, I I said it as if he throws single digits, then it's like you cannot chalk. It was LASIK; that was the reason. There's no other excuse.
2: Also, like how much if you are the like LASIK surgery center that did his eyesight, or oh. how much are you like get 12? every time he throws an interception next season? They'd be like, oh, that's
1: not that's, that's just another zero just came <laughs> off the the bottom line here. Now if if he throws, I think if he throws like 13, then it's like we have the conversation, but we can't say for sure. But like 13 is like. But it, and if it's 16 or more, then it's just it, it doesn't matter.
2: Um, I think in terms of a landing spot, we're going to see exactly how stubborn Bruce Arians is, because there's there seems to be nothing like no project more infuriating than Jameis Winston yeah. to him. Right. But I mean, I think Arians even said um, I wrote down an, a, a quote, you look at it and there's so much good and so much outright terrible, outright terrible. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. outright Terrible. <laughs>
2: but I do think that Winston is going to stay put in Tampa. And Scott Pioli and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and he feels like like he doesn't have an uh, This isn't because he has a relationship necessarily with the Tampa Bay front office, but he felt like what makes the most sense, especially with Arians coming back out of retirement and his, you know, reputation of being a QB whisperer to put Winston on a short term, like one to two year prove it ish type deal, because you also have an inventory issue. So like to your earlier point, sure, the team is open to fielding offers. Like, how much of that is nudging Winston to just take the money, yeah, and stay the starter that they want him to take?
1: Uh, I, you know, uh, I have I cannot like get a good read on this situation because, like, th- right before like the last few games of the regular season, it was like, okay, Winston doing enough to like, yeah, to, to come on back, like, and then he goes to does the thirty for thirty. <laughs> shit. Like, and then it's like I have no idea. And then you got Arians out there saying things like outright terrible. And if you're Bruce Arians, like you came back to the NFL for this, like these are gonna be your last times in the NFL. Like you, you, you and, and putting up with this guy for two years, because like unless uh, unless the Lasik is the skeleton key, he has been the exact same quarterback since since college.
0: There's a great quote today from Jenna Lane at ESPN. Uh, she asked Bruce Arians if he felt closer to getting clarity on the QB situation. He said, no, because you don't know who's available. You're just yeah. sitting and waiting to see, is there someone available? And is he a better option? That's the problem. You get about three days yeah. to decide.
1: It, that's, that was the thing I read this morning that yeah. I couldn't remember. It was just like, what? I mean, so, you're not committed to this goofball at all. The like, big name <laughs>
0: that I didn't even put on this outline. Sounds like Tom Brady to Tampa Confirms. I mean... Uh, talk, I'm, I'm talking about Week
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> So Winston and his connection to Mariota. Also, like no one ever talked. I was at the Rose Bowl where they the 2015 Rose Bowl where they like played each other.
1: Oh, the blowing the, the Winston when he got blown over by the wind. Yeah, and
2: well, no, the du- like Mariota was so decisively better, and the Ducks like crushed. I think they put a 50 burger on on the um. On not Florida, the block, the Florida State, the Seminoles. Thank you. I mean, um, been, yeah,
1: it's God. He's been even been the same freaking state. state. <laughs> um, Get out of Florida, man. There was like a, a butt fumble esque moment. There's I mean, this is fifty nine twenty. How much?
0: Fifty nine to twenty See? was the I was final right. of that game.
1: So um, that was when I was ta- the butt fumble moment was when he like. Got blown he over. He got blown like he just. I mean, he. I, was, I can pull it up, but like it's an audio podcast. Go, go, go you people know what I'm talking about. When DeWinston got blown over,
2: I remember I was eating a soft pretzel. Those are delicious, especially in a stadium, and drinking a beer in that moment, and I I choked on the pretzel with the beer in my mouth. It's a great combo. When I saw that happen, so it's in my brain. Anyway, Mariota <laughs> though, was- like we're talking about Mariota. When we look back, like, he had so much promise. And now that dude got Wally pipped by a copy of his own self. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And so I think, you know, he's in backup territory. Yeah,
1: yeah. he's. But he, Winston's no. still in
2: starter territory?
1: Kind of. I just, it's really, where do you, okay, let's say Bruce Aarons is just like, forget it. I'd rather not, you know, I'd rather not be just losing my shit for the next two years of my the last two years of my NFL life, I would like to move on and get somebody else and they do where the hell does Winston go?
2: Uh the Raiders? Let's get weird. Oh. I mean, could there be a more antithetical quarterback to Derek Carr than James yeah, Winston? Yeah, just
1: completely overcorrects. Yeah. But oh, don't you think that John juicy. that's a ju-
2: a John Gruden move? Be like come to Vegas, baby. I know you like to party. Yeah. Let's go.
0: <laughs> we got seafood here. Yeah. We got seafood buffets. <laughs> you, got play got at the front and you get as much seafood as you want. Get
2: all the crab legs you want at oh the Sahara.
1: So Saturday morning.
0: Still
1: still. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's the answer. That's a good one.
2: You're welcome. God. Uh, <laughs> well, Mariotas though, I mean, and like, then
1: that well, then that becomes really interesting because then cars, you know, on the market. Then they Where, where does he go? The Chargers. That could make sense. Lots of
2: checkdowns to Austin Eckler.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Keenan Allen, short area receiver.
2: And you've got Mike Williams with a big catch radius in theory.
1: (laughs) Cool. I mean— Derek Carr is never throwing to Mike Williams. (laughs) Let's just say that right now. The the
2: two targets he draws per week— I yeah. think that that might fit. G-
1: gorgeous. He'll be have Stained. 100 air yards on two targets.
2: Stay in cal- well, if you're looking at like l- realistic landing spots, like I don't I don't think that that's a Winston to Vegas car to LA move is impossible.
1: I think so too. Now I know I'm in the room with two Denver lock I mean, uh, what's his name? Drew, Drew Lock. I forgot about him. Drew Lock, Truthers, in the room. But the the Cowboys, I mean, the Broncos are sitting here with 58 million, ninth most cap space in the NFL. Do they think about getting involved in any of these veteran quarterbacks? I mean, absolutely not. You don't think so? No. This is the time to spend
0: on defense and an offensive O-line. line. Oh my gosh, an O line. Send a thing. Garrett
1: Bowles to the XFL. <laughs> I here for that way. <laughs> I, I want it yeah teams I really wish the NFL would like have some sort of just just situation where they could just like in the middle of the season like demote guys like to the, just demote duck, them to the duck, XFL You're on the Seattle Dragons now. Yeah, yeah, sorry buddy. Um, um or the DC
2: Defenders. Um, uh real quick on lock, <laughs> I talked to Von Miller at the Super Bowl and I asked him of course about Drew Locke cuz of their whole jersey swap situation at the end of December. And he was like, I mean, I know he's not going to trash his QB, but he was really like, I felt like optimistic. And he was like, I think he's got a lot to offer. Like he's coming along. He's learning a lot. It's his first time in in Vic's, in Coach Fangio's system. And I don't know. I I feel like, I know I've been a truther, but hearing Von Miller, because I've I've interviewed Von before, and if he doesn't want to answer a question, he will skate around a question. And he did not waste a moment in hyping up drew lock
1: i think you guys are probably right i just thought it was worth asking the question and i mean the real answer here that neither of you said was like john elway's got like at least a 10 percent chance or better to prove that one of his quarterback draft picks was worthwhile they're gonna play drew lock in 2020
2: and flacco retires right yeah i mean
0: Uh, yeah I, I just don't think after the end of the season that he had that you invest in QB right now. Like, this is the time you don't invest. mess
2: with his confidence. Fangio did all that at the beginning of the year anyway. And how did that pan out? Yeah, like if like, you need
0: a chase Daniel or whatever to back him up. Sure. I'm sure. Bring he's, Case
1: Keenum back. I'm sure. Yeah, he's not doing anything. will <laughs> be cheap. So wait,
2: Mariota, though. Who
1: cares? I mean, Chicago I no is the
2: is the I, I don't believe it. But I, I think the only way he doesn't end up a backup is if he plays Mitch. If Mitch plays so poorly that he plays himself out of a starting gig, and then Mariota's there, or if there's like an injury mid-season and he ends up being the starter,
1: doesn't somewhere. Mitch and Mariota feel like kind of a little a sitcom bit the same? From the 90s. Well, yeah, but also like a little bit of the same. Like neither one of them is that daring. Still make enough mistakes. Like especially Mariota, like he doesn't throw a lot of picks, but he takes awful sacks. They both like can run, issue. but like don't. Yeah. I think they're too similar. Uh, they're like the same person. Well,
2: Ryan Pace has a type.
1: I guess so. That's a pretty rough type. I think. I still think Chicago. It, it's the Dalton zone. Stop it! Let's go but on to. Do t- I don't want to th- do it. Like I don't that? want it because
2: we can save it for another podcast. Okay. I don't want to do it. Stop okay. it. Ted i I'm got. I got mad. Um, yeah, I know. Clearly,
1: <laughs> I just. I mean, listen. Given what you're looking at here, like you should be so thankful. Have Andy <laughs> okay. Let's move on. This is another
2: pod situation. We're getting along. Let's not right. ruin it. Yeah. Good point. Teddy Bridgewater. Can he be someone's first option?
1: That's a tough one to find a spot for, too.
2: Uh I'm gonna throw a conspiracy theory your way. Another one, because this is the time for it. What do you think of the Taysom Hill conspiracy theories that <sighs> Sean Payton is just creating a market Manipulating a market. I know that you and Taysom are like bros and, and like We are
1: we are not bros.
2: You you're definitely bros. You like drink, you know, soda together because you're he not is close. Mormon. <laughs> um,
1: I don't think Taysom and I would get along off the field very well, like in a bro setting. Anyway. I drink too much.
2: That's I understood. Um but there's a theory that Sean Payton is just creating this market, yeah. right? Hyping uphill so that the Saints can move him. And then be fine with Teddy as the backup, who, by the way, we all like to forget, despite the game manager label, did win all five of his starts in relief of Drew Brees. Also had a completion percentage of 65.2. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, So why one of these guys, you know, there's also like all of these reports that say, you know, there's not likely, it's not likely that all three of these quarterbacks are going to stay in New Orleans. But like a month ago... One month ago... ESPN's Mike Triplett said that it will likely take a, quote, special situation to pry Teddy Bridgewater away from the Saints.
1: Yeah, I think it's almost impossible just from, like, a financial perspective. I mean, the Saints always make it work somehow with the salary cap. Yeah, right now, yeah. Right now they've got $12 million. If Breeze wants to come back and play in 2020, he will be doing it as a New Orleans Saint. Like, that is what the team has said. That is what he has said. So if Breeze comes back, that's the thing, though. I don't know how they fit... Because he's still gonna want Brees gonna come back. He's still gonna want to get paid. You know that's gonna happen. Are you, are you
2: saying that he's not as charitable as uh, just his brand? Gonna, might I'm, suggest? Just, I'm just gonna
1: say I'm just saying if he's gonna come back, he's gonna want some money to do it. Oh yeah. He's fair. A, okay. Fair he's enough. Sure. Okay. We will like a little bit of money to do things. He's gonna want to come back. He's gonna want to get paid starter level money at least twenty plus. Million. I mean,
2: he's got all that Advocare money though. So that is
1: true. <laughs> Bridgewater. I don't know what he was making this past year, but he still he was wasn't he the highest paid backup quarterback in the league? That's kind of going to be tough. And then Taysom Hill is the easiest one to keep because, like, I don't think anyone is like. Also, Sean Payton has been hyping up Taysom Hill for like two to three years now. Has this just been some long con of his? That would be a hell of a conspiracy. I mean
2: I feel like this could go either way. It's first of all, Sean Payton was a scab, so let's not hold the man up as a model of integrity uh, and unable to maybe be I'm, a little deceptive. I'm not
1: I'm not. I'm just saying like that was that's a weird like a long game that he's been playing, if this has all been so that some team sends him a third-round pick for Taysom Hill. Because, like, if they slap a first-round tender on Taysom Hill because he's a restricted free agent, nobody is giving them a first. I don't think anyone's giving them a second, and I kind of struggle to think that someone's going to give them a third. Like, he says he wants to—this is what he told me and many other outlets. Taysom, you're speaking Taysom Hill told me that he wants to be a starting quarterback. That is the goal, and it just depends on finding a team that he would like it to be the Saints— but if it's not the Saints, some team that envisions him as a starting quarterback. I don't know how a team looks. This is the, this is the tough part about the Taysom because I think like this is an interesting conversation to yeah. have. I think the Taysom Hill, like, is he the future quarterback of the Saints or whatever, is an interesting thing to have. Like, has he been just used a, as a weird everyman gadget player? all the lo- all the while Sean Payton has envisioned him as as a mobile, dangerous, weird offensive weapon as his quarterback of the future. It, with the combine the fact that he has no resume, he's also like sneaky old, old yeah, he's 29, right? Yeah, he's he's there's a lot like a weird conversation to have there. The problem is that as always, the conversation has now been corrupted by bull and like you've got Mike Westoff, the former uh Saints special teams coach saying he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. Shut up. Oh, wait, where is that? Where is that coming from? Saints camp? Yeah. Well, former Saints special teams coach. Okay. Uh you've also got pro football talk. You got Mike florio out there calling him a future superstar. Like, what are we doing here? We like the conversation has jumped the shark a couple of sharks ago. So I don't know. It's or just, it's planned. It could perhaps. Perhaps. I,
2: so I think here's what we know. We know that Sean Payton loves shiny new toys. We know that he has a bit of an ego, and we know that he is a offensive creative mastermind. So this can go one of two ways. You can say, okay, well, now you have this shiny new toy that allows you to do all of these gadgety things, and you can be the first to do them, and isn't that exciting, and isn't it a challenge, and doesn't it stroke your ego that you are the talk and the toast of the town? Or even better, on the other side of things, you have a game manager, the challenge is now to be so offensively creative without a gadget that you still win games when inevitably Drew misses a couple of games or down the stretch his arm strength starts to wane.
1: Yeah, no, I think there's so many possibilities. You know, I think that Peyton, like, I, that's why I kind of side on the fact that I think he at least eighty percent eighty percent believes what he's saying. Sure, and we'll see. But I mean, here's here's the bottom line, though. To to spin it from a fantasy sense for a minute, like. If Taysom Hill's ever taken starting quarterback uh, reps for anybody, we're playing him in fantasy, and he's probably going to smash.
2: We said that last week, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's the that's the the case here. Now, when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, I have, no, I have no idea where he finds a spot. I think I mean then he's a
2: backup. He's he's a backup.
1: What about him on the Bears?
2: Oh, you have. Well, I mean, if you have Mitch Trubisky and Teddy Bridgewater, what this is not exciting.
1: Well, you're not. Let's just be clear. Nothing exciting is happening for the Bears in 2020.
2: I still think, I told you I want to Foles. I think that's the best option.
1: I don't know. Is that exciting?
2: It's a little bit more exciting. You've got the whole
1: flip, Foles, heartthrob thing going on here. I don't (laughs) don't know what your situation is with that Speaking of
2: heartthrobs, Kenyon Drake got dumped by Miami and immediately had success on the rebound relationship with Arizona. Can the rebound relationship turn into an actual long-term relationship?
1: Normally, no. uh, But in this sense, I think yes.
2: I mean, he went Insta official with Arizona earlier this week. You know, he changed his profile yeah. picture to one of him like head to toe in Cardinals gear. So I think that's a little hint <laughs> from <forgot>. Drake himself.
1: <laughs> I forgot it's that time of the year where Hashtag we got to like profile uh, pic. I forgot, I forgot it's that time of year where we've got to like divulge into like everybody's. I, that didn't make any sense. We've got to <laughs> dive into everybody's uh, Instagram profiles and like make sure this is what we know. Like now this is whether they want to stay with their current team, who's feuding with who. This is great stuff that time of the year.
2: More great stuff from general manager Steve, Steve Kime. He said, quote, I would certainly love to have Kenyon Drake back. I think he fits in this offense, and he really has given us a spark in many ways. And that was per the team's official website. Um, so the question is the David Johnson bit right here.
1: Yeah. I think David Johnson is gone. They're going to eat the money. I think they probably eat the money. Maybe they f- nobody's going to trade for that contract, right? Yeah. Like That's not going to happen.
2: I think you're right that's what i have as well and then era and then drake stays in arizona and
1: people will decide whether they want to draft the hell out of him in fantasy and then not. and
2: based on like two december efforts in different cities people will overdraft him and there you go
1: dalton's like got it. i mean he's ready to rank him as like his rb5 yeah I know, it's crazy i mean i need Fun to see times.
2: more than two decembers over the length of his f- career to do this nonsense fair enough greg olson my buddy
1: your pal, Greg.
2: Recently seen on Bumble Coffee Dates with the Billskins and Seahawks. Oh. So we also saw him in the booth uh, for the XFL broadcasting announcing over the weekend.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: So here's the question about, and I actually asked Greg this when I was in Miami. We're on a boat together, a yacht together. Not a barge, a yacht. <laughs> um, what's more likely you in a booth or you on a team? He would not answer the question, though the next day he announced or it was announced that he and the Panthers had parted ways. Mm-hmm. So I think here, um, I, I think broadcasting is obviously in play, but I think he wants, I think he might go to Washington for one more year. Maybe Chris Cooley 2.0 it. Obviously, there is a relationship with Ron Rivera. Rivera connection? Right. And we know that Washington loves to pay their older players, See Vernon Davis. Mm hmm. I'm not holding my breath for Jordan Reed. I think that market would love to have
1: Olsen. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. He and he definitely like took pride in his relationship like with Cam Newton and bringing that along. Another young quarterback in Washington. Yeah, that could that's make a great sense. Point, yeah. uh, give me Seattle of these options. Mm. Like the one I'd want to see would be Seattle.
2: I mean, for fantasy purposes, that one makes the most sense, too. Yeah. All right. Let's go into a lightning round. Austin Hooper, can he break through to the Earth's Kelsey Kittle echelon with a change of location?
1: Probably not. But this is a weird one where it doesn't seem like the Falcons and him have had like a great negotiation period so far. At least that's been kind of the rumblings. If he changes teams, I mean, there's a bevy of options out there. There's where he so could much go. buzz around
2: him going to the Bears because the Trey Burton experiment has been a disaster. In fact, Burton's recovering from hip surgery. And here's a fun fact. The Chicago tight ends were 32nd in receiving yards and touchdowns oh, in 2019. Like
1: It wasn't even a situation where like you you ever thought about like a Bears tight end in fantasy and no. didn't even have a discussion about it. Which, which is crazy.
2: So I think he'll probably want to get Ertz-type money. I think Chicago's dumb enough to overpay. You've got Indianapolis as an option. Um, the Patriots as an option. I do think he'll probably move on from Atlanta. My best guess at a landing spot is Chicago.
1: Chicago not flush with cap space, though. No, They're down there in the bottom eight or so of teams. So that's going to make it a little difficult. Uh, but th- th- he's, this is another one I'd, I'd look at the Jets. I know they extended Ryan Griffin. Mm. But they've got a lot of space. Just give give Sam Donald more weapons to work with. That's one that I would look out for. Uh, just is that
2: a Chris Herndon dig? I'm come on man. I'm, I'm just <laughs> <that>. <laughs> come on man. Hunter Henry. Same question as Hooper, but can he stay healthy?
1: Uh, let's see him go to the. I this is a total uh just wish casting, but go to the Packers. Packers Packers need weapons. I, I would love to see him like throwing – like I said many times last year, throwing to Jimmy Graham is just like throwing a football into a black hole, uh, get a real player in that spot. And I think you could see a lot of – I mean I feel like we've been trying to match like a good athletic tight end of the Packers for 100 years. But this season very much said to me like you need to start making Aaron Rodgers' life easier rather than having Aaron Rodgers always make your life easier. Having an exceptionally talented tight end like Henry would do the job.
2: I like the Patriots as a landing spot. He's not as good of a blocker as I would like, assuming Brady stays. Yeah. But when you look at the O-line in New England, right, they had two tackles injured for most of the year. Their center was out for the whole year. So by the time their tackles got healthy, the wide receiving core was dust. So I, I think that Hunter Henry may not need to be as good of a blocker, assuming the line is healthy in 2020. Yeah. So that would be another interesting landing spot.
1: Either those two guys, honestly, I think Hooper or Henry would be interesting in New England. And you know, one thing that we we haven't really talked about Brady on this podcast, but he he has said like he wants the weapons around him to be better. It's just going to be a squeeze to bring Brady back on a thirty-plus million dollar deal while also making these weapons a lot better in one year. So it's I, I still think that situation is quite fascinating to talk about
2: eric ebron had one short-lived relationship that was andrew Locke, that showed what his ceiling could be can he reignite that flame with another quarterback no what about
1: pittsburgh uh, I...
2: Ooh, an aging ben roethlisberger this eric ebron seems like a very Steelers sort of player really i think so
1: hmm sure I, no, I've no. I got nothing when it comes to Ebron. Like, just he won't really move the needle for me, no matter where he lands.
2: Well, I'm not saying he's going to go somewhere.
1: Theoretically, yes.
2: All right, you think he's just going to be without a job?
1: <laughs> no, he'll he'll find a job.
2: AJ Green wasted his twenties in a bad relationship with a cheap partner in a crummy town. Can he live his best life with his next relationship?
1: Yes, he can, Liz. Uh, let's, let's just say real quick, though, I think there's a very decent chance that he's back in Cincinnati because the the franchise is petty. They might just go ahead and tag him. And maybe, you know, the working with Joe Burrow, you know, it, it reignites some passion and he wants to finish it out with his one and only true love. Or he looks across the division at the Baltimore Ravens and says, like, hey, they already have the thing that I want here in Cincinnati, which is an ascendant young quarterback. Why don't I go be the thing that they're desperately missing in their receiver core, which is an outside the numbers catch point receiver. They, they have a lot of talented players in Baltimore with Brown, um, Marquise Brown. That is uh, all the tight ends that they have there, but they don't have an outside the number outside the numbers, like big bodied catch point receiver. And I think like if both these two guys are healthy at once, Marquise Brown, yeah. A.J. Green, a lot of – I don't know how you defend that as a defense with also a running quarterback back there. Like, the reason I want Green there is because not only is it interesting for A.J. Green, it also staves off concerns about this offense like regressing regressing, regressing because they have just another wrinkle to add to it.
2: I love that. I think it was a great landing spot. I, hadn't, I had only put him as staying in Cincinnati, but well done. Emmanuel Sanders always seeking the bigger spotlight. Can he find another Super Bowl contender to play for? I mean, nah. I don't think so. He's 32 years old. He's coming off of a miraculous recovery from that Achilles tear. He played the second half of the season with a rib injury, and he still lifted the 49ers uh, from weeks nine through 17. He averaged three and a half catches and 53 yards per game. His total was 32, 482. I, I, I think he takes a pay cut to stay in San Francisco and see what can he can do in like the twilight of his career.
1: I think so too. But he's another one that I could see in New England. Good route runner, separation type guy, works with what Brady does Because best, of the money issues? Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to find a Batter massive shooter. payday out there. And I think if he's looking at contenders, the Packers, the Patriots, the 49ers, those are the type of teams that I think he would fit well with. And those are kind of the teams that I think he's limited to looking at. Like I thought about the Eagles too, but like doesn't really – move the needle that much for them in terms of what they need.
2: I think New England is interesting because, if it's another Super Bowl contender, because uh, the money issues. They've also oh.
1: obviously liked him in the past enough right. to try to pry him away from Pittsburgh all those years ago.
2: Robbie Anderson put a lot of time into a partner that was pretty rough around the edges. That's Darnold. <laughs> Will he stay to see the relationship bear fruit or go someplace more stable? Ooh. He out. He, he, he is out, out for he, sure. He
1: out out.
2: I don't know where he's going is more stable because this is the player I think lands in Philadelphia. That is my dream landing spot for Robbie Anderson. I mean, the Eagles opened the season assuming that Deshaun Jackson and his speed would fix all of their woes. It took a minute, as we all know, uh, for them to readjust. But I think when you look at Robbie Anderson, his nose for the end zone, his 4-4 speed, that would be a welcome addition to Philly's sluggish and not particularly spry receiving core
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense to me um that's an obvious one i think and one other one that i'd look at too how about the houston texans the texans they've got they are obviously fed up with will fuller's um yep stuff uh his health issues not being fully available we know bill o'brien official gm of the houston texans is going for it Uh, They have the 10th most cap space right now. Obviously, I think they'll try to get an extension done with their great quarterback this offseason. But nevertheless, why not another big swing and bring in another speed receiver and they keep on flying down there? I think
2: that's an interesting landing spot. We'll see. Probably Uh, won't happen, though. There's another speed, sir brashad perryman cinderella end of 2019 without attention on the older step siblings evan and godwin bp had a mini breakout weeks one through 13 16 receptions 38 targets 226 yards and a touchdown weeks 14 through 16 15 receptions out of 26 targets 285 yards and four touchdowns that was a fantasy playoffs friends i will say from a fantasy perspective brashad perryman awesome buy low before the free agency period starts. So if you're in a dynasty league or a keeper league, go scoop him now, because I think after free agency, his value is only going to skyrocket. I don't imagine him staying in Tampa Bay. No. So if you are in one of those longer term leagues, then scoop him before March 17th or make offers to acquire him before March 17th.
1: Smart. He also finished 2018 pretty well with mm-hmm. um, Baker Mayfield as well. Here you go. After upsetting the Drew Lock truthers early, I'm sending him to Denver. Ninth most cap space in the league. They definitely need options in that receiver core because after Cortland Sutton, it's just a lot. I mean, other than obviously Deshaun Hamilton's rebound breakout 2020 (laughs) season, which is obviously coming, of course. Obviously. We didn't really need to say it, but I figured it needed to be said. Uh, Brashad Perryman could come in and fill the gaping hole, which is that other wide receiver across from Cortland Sutton. uh, Give Drew Locke somebody to work with. I think honestly, I think Perryman is has proven enough to to be like This is a guy we can rely on as a starting receiver here in the second chapter of his well second, third, fourth, I don't know chapter of his career.
2: uh I like that. I think maybe Green Bay is an option, sure. um get rid of Jimmy Graham. And GMO, maybe Mercedes Lewis as well, clear all three of those guys out. Still draft Jalen Rager out of TCU with the 30th overall pick, but have Perryman there as insurance so that you can add some speed since the MVS project did not work out too well. Oh, yeah. Um, to, again, a, a receiving core that needs speed. Issue, I will admit, with Perryman going to Green Bay is I'm not a believer in his route running, and I think Aaron Rodgers will take issue with that. But if we're giving this guy numerous chances and we assume he's only insurance to a rookie, I could live with it.
1: Yeah, these last two guys also, uh, Anderson and Perryman, vertical threats. I could see Arizona being interested in both of them. Thirteenth most cap space in the NFL, mm-hmm. and they desperately need to fill in that receiver core. We know how much four wide they wanted to play. Started to try the year playing that, and you know it just did not happen. Your boy Demir Bird was out there playing. Just a my bevy boy, my of snaps. boy. Christian Kirk, I still believe in him as a player. Uh Larry Fitz is coming back, but they'd need a vertical threat here, and Anderson or Perryman could fill that void too.
2: Well said. That is gonna do it for this Valentine's edition of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. We will be back next week with more fantasy foolishness. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore F That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We're out and happy Hearts Day.